There it goes. All right, here we go. Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Build decisions on the rock of Scripture. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would bless now as I preach your word. I pray that you would speak to every heart. God, it's so easy for us to think of some other way of philosophy or perhaps our own feelings is the best way to go. Our own perception. Lord, I pray that in heart of everyone that's here today, help us to realize that we need to build decisions on your word. Help us to see that your scriptures are reliable, that you say that they are, and that we can see that. Lord, if someone is here today and they have not yet trusted you as their savior, they have not yet taken what your word says about who you are, about that they are a sinner, and that they need to be saved. They've not yet taken that seriously. They've not yet believed. Move them to that decision today, we pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now I'm gonna do an experiment. Uh, The Wi-Fi in here is not working well. Actually, it's not working at all. And I have a video that was up and I don't know if it's gonna work, but we will try it. Okay, can you guys see that? Okay, Lord, please help this to work. Huh? What's in the middle? Okay, we've got, well, we got about three seconds out of it. Can we rewind it? Is it possible? Probably not without the internet. Okay. So you guys are seeing this house is not doing well. Can we, can we just get that out of it? Hey, let's see if this works. I don't know if it will. I'm telling you what. 
we're gonna go ahead and we're just gonna zip out of this. You guys can see this house is not doing well. Okay, it went from the it went from the the, the picture where it's standing there, a couple of waves hit, and then it just goes and it just falls off into the ocean. Okay. The internet's not working this morning. My notes are not transferring to my iPad. And it's just one of those things, right? It's just, we just roll with the punches. So I'm rolling with the punches, okay? So anyway, here we go. This passage in Matthew chapter number seven is talking about the importance of the scriptures and of not just hearing them and knowing them, but actually doing them, okay? So when we're talking about making decisions based on what the Bible says, we can see there is a difference between something like this beautiful cathedral and kind of uh, castle-looking area, which is over in France, I believe, where it's built on a rock. Okay, the, the water is down here. There's no way the waves are going to get up there. And even if, even if they did, it wouldn't matter because it's built on a rock versus the little kind of fractured video we saw just a moment ago where uh, the waves are coming through and they're crashing against that house. Now, when you take the time to Google, can you build a house on sand? Science has helped us understand that there are ways to compact the sand so that you can build the house on sand if you absolutely have to, but you still have to either compact the sand by making it more stable or you have to take and you have to drive these pillars very deep into the sand until you hit bedrock, sometimes as far as 30 feet down, right? So 10 meters deep. Um, here around Toronto, when you're looking at uh, a new high rise going up or a new condo building, they dig a giant hole in the ground first. What do they do down there? Why are they digging the hole so deep? They're digging the hole so deep so that they can lay the foundation on something that is stable. So that if there is an earthquake, in some places they have to take this into account, right? If there's an earthquake or if there is a big storm or just through the, 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 just through the passing of time where the, everything begins to settle and shift, that way the whole building does not start to lean. Now, again, a famous... Uh, building that is leaning is the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? And I didn't take the time to get a photo of that, but that's a famous image in our minds. We've all seen that you're looking at this, this big tower and it's just, it's leaning over and you're thinking, that is not safe. That is going to fall. And even there have been many attempts at trying to straighten that thing out and get it back up and it still hasn't worked out. It's still leaning, right? The point that Jesus is trying to make here and the point he's bringing out, by the way, this helps us understand historical context of the truth. When we're reading the Bible, it's saying that when Jesus spoke this, that he's saying you do not build a house on sand. Remember, he's speaking of an arid uh, environment, very, uh, it's like a desert. And, and you would not try to build a large structure on sand. You would build it on something that was firm, something that is like a rock. And he starts out in verse number 21 this is a portion of the Sermon on the Mount. And he's speaking about the fact that people had been acting like a Christian and they had been speaking like a Christian. It says in verse number 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven being the thousand year reign of Christ, right? Which um, is for people that are saved. And then eventually, obviously, in eternity, in heaven, uh, with God. And so he's saying that not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into heaven. 
It doesn't matter what words we use. If we learn Christian words and we use Christian words, it doesn't prove that we're a Christian. And then he goes on to say, and look at the amazing things that they did in verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in that name? We've spoken your word to people. We've given your word to people. I know I'm a Christian because I tell other people about Jesus. That is not what the Bible says. That is evidence, okay, that you are a Christian or that I am a Christian. And it's not the fact that, uh, that I even tell myself that I'm a Christian or that I tell others that I'm a Christian. He goes on to say, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. So here they are doing miraculous things, and they're, 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 they're doing charity work. They've got all of this big resume of why they are forgiven and going to heaven. But then Jesus says in verse number 24, or sorry, in verse 23, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. You see, it doesn't matter what I say as a person, and it doesn't matter what my experiences are. That does not, listen, my experiences alone do not determine truth. Because everyone has a different experience. It doesn't matter what I say, it doesn't matter what I've done when we're learning from this passage. In that day, there is one thing that's going to matter the most. What does Jesus say? What does he say? In that day, it's going to matter. It doesn't matter what works. I'm switching out my devices now because my notes are on the laptop. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what you say. It matters what he says. I, I took the time to look up. What is the, how many philosophies are there? Right, a philosophy is kind of the way of determining not just an outlook on life, but really kind of the reason for your existence. And there was, there was uh, several different articles on Google that popped up and said there are nine different philosophies and that's definitely just a small sample of philosophies right? Um, from nihilism or nihilism to stoicism, right? Ultra self-discipline and try to control the things that you can control to hedonism, which means you are just, you're, you're here to just experience pleasure and anything in the name of you experiencing more pleasure is perfectly fine to do. Uh, nihilism is kind of like nothing matters. There, nothing is real. And then uh, there, there's so many different ones. Those are just come to the top of my head. Right? But we as human beings have come across these different philosophies. We've kind of built these different philosophies inside. And yet when it comes down to, it doesn't, listen, it's not so much of what philosophy are you following for your life to be successful today. When Jesus is talking about your life being built, oftentimes when this, this passage is preached, it's not in the context of the end day. It's not in that day. Right when we're standing before Jesus. Because the fact of the matter is, is that you can become very successful in life, financially successful, successful in a career. You can become rich and famous. You can own a gigantic yacht. You can be one of the owners of these giant condo buildings out here. You can travel internationally and live a life of luxury. And by all appearances, the outlook that you have on life seems to be working for you. 
And in some cases, people like this can even be religious. They can have their own religion. But when we're talking about building our life, we are building it from the from that moment we're standing before the Lord and we're starting from there and we're working backwards. Christianity always starts with the end. It always starts with the end and say, let's work our way backwards from the end. And Jesus is saying, you lived a very religious life and you spoke religious words and you were fantastic people. But then he said in verse 23, then will I profess unto them. Then will I profess. Remember his word. I will profess, I never knew you. Some people would have us interpret this passage as they lost their salvation. But that's the, he says, I never knew you. Right? He's not saying, I knew you at one time, but you messed up, and then I know. Okay? Uh, eternal security is a foundational truth in the New Testament. Once you get saved, you are always saved. And this here is, they have religious words, they have religious deeds, but they, he said, I never knew you. And then he says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Verse 24, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. It's not just that we need to hear them, but we need to do them. So in the case of these who they had religious words, what was it that they did not do? Because Jesus says that if you, if you didn't do my will, if you didn't do my will, then you will not be saved. Or he says, I never knew you because you didn't do my will. What is the will that he's talking about? Now we could take the time and go through the gospels and see how many times Jesus teaches us to believe on him. But let's look at one verse, Second Peter 3. 2 Peter 3 and verse number 9. 2 Peter 3 and verse number 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. Now that means a couple of things, a couple different applications. God is not going to give a promise that works for me, but it doesn't work for you. Or he's not going to give a promise that works for us, and he doesn't work for someone else. He's not slack. Okay? He's not going to forget, and he's not a respecter of persons, Okay, uh, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing. It's the same words. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What is the will of the Lord? That we should all come to repentance. We should all come to that point when we allow God's word to change our minds so that we then trust in Christ alone for our salvation. And if we do that, then we don't have to worry about standing before him and having worked a long life of being a good person and being charitable and being religious and trying to live clean lives. And for Jesus to look at us and say, I never knew you. If we have done his will in trusting in Christ alone, we can stand there confident. We can stand there unashamed. Why? Because we have done the will of God. God wants us to know primarily that we are saved. 
He wants us to know that we have trusted Christ as our Savior. Let's take a look and let's look at these. Uh, let's look at John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Because when we think about the reliability of the scriptures, we're not just looking to find out because, you know, some people want to make an experiment of whether or not scriptures work in this life. And they do. Okay. But the great test is not in this life. The great test is after we die. That's the great test. That's the great test. The great test is after we die. John 12 and verse number 44 Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me, speaking of the Father. Right? When we believe on Jesus, we believe on the Father. If we truly believe in God or truly believe in the Father, we're also believing on Jesus. We cannot separate them. Verse 45. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. Again, we cannot separate these two. I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. Well, then you don't believe in the same God that Jesus believed in. Amen. Right? Uh, you know, I believe in God, kind of, but you know, the whole Jesus thing, not really sure about that. I don't really believe in all that. I don't believe in, I don't believe in traditional religion. Some people want to say that kind of stuff. Well, you look, it, it's the same thing. You can't believe in God and, 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 and separate belief in, in Christ. That's what Jesus said. Verse 46, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Okay, so this helps us understand the reliability of the scriptures. How much of an emphasis did Jesus place on the word of God, on his words that he spoke and that his words were the word of God? He placed such an emphasis on it that he said that when we get to that day when judgment comes, we will be judged by the word of God. That's what we will be judged against. This is one of the things I try to tell my Catholic friends when, the, when we bring up the topic of religion and they want to try to discuss the differences between Catholics have a lot of traditions, mostly traditions that have been built over the many hundreds of years of the Roman Catholic church. And they want to talk about well, what's the main difference guys. And if you have a Catholic friend, this is one of the verses that you can use is John 12 and verse number 48. What will we be judged by? Will we be judged by what the Pope says? Will we be judged by what the church says? We'll be judged by what Jesus said. We will be judged by his words. We will be judged by the word of God. That is what we will be judged by. So if I want to make good decisions in this life, it's not just about me having a good life. It's not just about my prayers working so that my relationship works out. It's not just about my prayers working so that I can be a little bit less anxious in life. 
It's not about me trying to find some wisdom so that my finances are a little bit better. It's not about me learning a little bit more self-discipline. It's not about today. When Jesus is talking about the reliability of his word, he transcends time and goes straight to eternity. Because we can sit here and talk about the nine different philosophies and which one works best for your life. And Jesus says, yeah, I'm not as much interested in this life as I am what happens afterwards. He says, because in the kingdom of heaven, I'm going to say, depart from me. They thought their, their philosophy of life was working for them. It was kind of a surprise, really, in that passage in, in, in Matthew 7. Kind of a surprise that they're like, what? We, we, we did all these things. Jesus said, yeah, but you didn't do my will. How are we supposed to know the will? We need to go back to what the word says. What does the word say? And Jesus is speaking to another group of people here. And he said, listen, Jewish Pharisees, these highly religious people, you're trying to separate God the Father and Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, that's not how this works. They cannot be separated. We cannot be separated. You will be judged in the last day by the words that I have spoken. Verse 49 says, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father saith unto me, so I speak. Look at what Jesus says also in Matthew 24. We're going to look at a few verses here. Matthew 24. Jesus says that the words of God are reliable to build your life upon past this life. We can rely upon his word for our forgiveness. They are reliable in eternity. So if they're reliable after death, then surely they're reliable in this life. Does that make sense? If they're reliable after death, because Jesus says so many times, then surely they're reliable in this life as well. Look at, we're going to look at uh, this in Matthew 24 and verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Guys, let me just insert this. I'm not trying to be political, and I'm not necessarily concerned about the accuracy of the science of it all, but everybody's really wound up about the world, about the earth, and about global warming, climate change. Is it true? Is it not true? I don't know. Maybe, probably, potentially. It depends on who you listen to. But I'm telling you what Jesus says. Jesus says, the earth's going to pass away. Should we take care of the earth? Absolutely. We are stewards of it. We really do only have one earthly home. But remember, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Right? I mean, that's what the song says. And that's what scripture says too. Jesus even says heaven's going to pass away. Meaning the skies. What is permanent in this life? Jesus says, my words will not pass away. 
So if I go and I'm trying to make a decision about something and I go to scripture and the Bible says, this is, what's, this is what I should do. This is the direction I should change. Philosophies could disagree. My emotions may disagree. My family may disagree. Hmm? But God's word is true. It will last through eternity. When everything is going to pass away, his words will not pass away. Mark 13, 31. Mark 13. Mark 13. Mark 13, 31. Mark 13, 31. What does it say? It says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Let's look at Luke 21. Luke. Can you guys guess what this one says? Anybody want to make a guess? Luke 21, 33. Luke 21, 33. It says the exact same thing, word for word. Three times it says this. Luke 21 and verse 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. This gives me perspective. This gives me something that I know that no matter what is going on in my life, I can go to God's words and I can say, God's word will not pass away. So if that, if that, when I'm reading it and it gives me comfort, God's word is giving me comfort. God's word is giving me uh, truth. He's giving me perspective. He's saying, this is what God sees. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen after you die. I don't have to worry about being a, this being an ancient way of looking at things. I don't have to worry about this being, oh, well, that's 3,000 years old or that's 2,000 years old. Jesus said, my words are never going to pass away. They are reliable for us today. We can trust them today. When I choose to follow God's word, I'm choosing to build my life on the reliable, established, unchanging foundation of the word of God. Newest is not always best. How many of you guys, how many of you guys hate your cell phone? You hate your cell phone. Thank you, Wendy. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. How many of you get frustrated when an update has to be done on your phone? I hate updates because as a matter of fact, my phone needed an update and I had charged it up to like probably 60 or 70%, which usually lasts me for a long time. And then yesterday I, I used it for just like an hour and it, it went all the way down to like 20% where the little thing is red. And then what happens is it goes even lower than that and it's like 10%. And you know what it needed? It needed an update. I hate updates. It, fr- it messes, it's, come on, it's frustrating, right? And in life, we're always looking for the latest thing. It's just like, what's the latest trend? And what's everybody wearing? And what are the new clothes? Or what's the new thing? And what's the new this? And what's the new update? And what's the new technology? And, and what, have you guys seen these guys buzzing around town in these little electric scooters? Zzz. 
going like 60K. And they're, they're shaking like this if you see them. And they are going fast. How many of you guys seen those one-wheel things? They're decked out like in motorcycle gear. Full-face helmet. And it's one wheel and they're just going. And they lean forward. And they are just ripping down the road. And there's just a dark side of me that just wants to see them. I'm not even going to finish that statement. But there's just something inside of me that says, ride a bicycle. Get some exercise, you lazy thing. That's just what I want to say. Say, pastor, that's not very kind. I know. There's a certain part of me that just likes old school, right? There's a certain part of me that just like, you know what? Back, I mean, I'm, I, you guys know. Thank you for the amazing birthday party last week, by the way. I'm 40 now. You say, oh, pastor, you don't look, you don't look a day over 25. I know. Thank you. Uh, but... There's just a certain part of me that's just like, you know what? Back, my kids, my kids said, dad, what did cars look like when, look like when you were a kid? Much larger and much more square. Amen. The way they ought to be. Big square cars. Heavy. But we know that there's a lot of advantages that come with new things. Right? There's a lot of advantages that come with updates and new things and new technology, etc. But it, there is one thing when it comes to God's word we need to realize. There is no update. It is reliable. It doesn't need to be updated. It is timeless. It is changeless. It is reliable. Jesus promised that his words would never pass away. Let's take a look at our last passage here. Second Peter. Second Peter. Second Peter one. Second Peter one and verse 12. Second Peter one and verse number 12. The scriptures are reliable in eternity. Jesus gives us the perspectives that if we trust his word and we trust him based on his word, it will give us safety through death and into eternity. We will be accepted of God. So based on that, We'll also be judged on his word, which means we need to live our lives based on what his word says. And then it says here in 2 Peter 1 and verse number 12 that we need to be established in his truth. 2 Peter 1 and verse number 12, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. The Apostle Peter here in this verse is teaching those saints that the truth is established. It is, the word established means to make stable, to place firmly, to set fast, and to fix. It's constant. Okay, it's made, it's made firm. We need to keep God's truth in our remembrance and we need to keep it in our current practice. It keeps us stable and strong and constant 
in our minds. The Bible says that, uh, well, the, the definition of present means to be that which is at hand, meaning he's trying to teach them you all of the truth that I've already taught you, you've already been established in it. The truth itself is established. It's firm, but also you are firm because you believe it and practice it. So as we close with this last thought, we need to understand that in a world when everything is changing, guys, everything is changing. It seems like everything is changing. And it's changing at a, at a greater pace than it ever has before. Because of technology, we get to share information so much quicker and people make changes constantly. And unfortunately, one of those things that people can change constantly is their beliefs. They can change their beliefs about what they really believe and how they make decisions and what is important to them and what are their core values based off of whatever. Listen, uh, on, on social media, everybody, everybody puts something on their little, on their little uh, um, profile picture, whatever is going on, whatever the most important issue is in the day. And sometimes these are good things and sometimes these things maybe are not quite as important, but whatever it is, and it's just like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? Oh, uh, this is changing. Okay, so I'm going to update my profile picture. And then tomorrow something else is happening, so I'm going to update my profile picture. And I'm constantly going to update. I'm constantly going to change. I'm constantly going to try to do this and do that. And you say, are, are, are you against Ukraine? Because that's what everybody seems to have on there. No, I'm not against that. I'm just trying to say, if we're not careful, we will carry that into our practice of Christianity and say, we need an update. Listen, friend, the truth is established. The words of God will not pass away. One day we will be judged. The practice of our lives will be judged, not based on what changes every single day on Facebook and, and Instagram and all the other social media accounts. It's, we're, we're not going to be, we're not going to be judged. We may, we may judge one another based on those things in some circles, but we're not going to be judged in heaven based on those things. We're going to be judged based on the established word of God. Jesus says that I am going to judge you based off of what I have said, not necessarily what is going on. And if we're not careful, we will live lives that are so unstable. Why? Because we're not giving as much heed. We're not leaning into the word of God. We're leaning into whatever social circle that we may be in. And those things may not necessarily be wrong, but man, they can lead to a really unstable life because it changes all the time. If we want to live a life that is going to survive judgment day, get us into heaven and give us an established and firm life here on earth, we need to choose to build our life on the word of God. The difference in eternity is going to be the picture of the big castle versus the little beach house that's wobbling and finally gets washed out to shore. And by the way, that has a backwards trickle effect, not just on judgment day, but in life right now. The Christian who is going to suffer the least amount of anxiety, the Christian who's going to suffer the least amount of constant change in their heart and just turmoil and frustration and fear and panic and what do I do and change and change and change is the one that constantly goes back to the word of God. Listen, if it's going to hold up one day in eternity, then that's what we should be building upon right now. Everybody bow your heads, please, and close your eyes.